0: Hmm.
1: Recorded live. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to the Softball Zone radio show. Today's date let's see January, February, March, April the 5th, 2016. So, Jeff, I see that, uh, you know, we're doing our new time slot tonight, 9 o'clock. Uh, got the chat room part up about 8.30 and uh, uh, that 30 minutes ahead of the show and uh See the chat room's dead. We got one person yeah. on there now. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, been kind of a busy week for for me. Anyway, we had that. I don't know if you remember or not. My brother Mark, he passed away a couple of years ago, um, he had a got a really rare lung disease. That's like only like one out of maybe a billion people even get. It's really super rare, and died from it a couple of years ago. And um, well, Sunday, his wife um, got him from work and laid down and went to sleep, and she she had passed away on um, this Sunday. So she had a, um, uh, you know, I, just so people don't get all freaked out. Lauren, she she had a cardiac arrest, and so just for people that do listen to show that don't know what that means, it just means her heart quit beating. It's just it's it's probably one of the nicest ways to go. If you had to go some way, uh, you know, that that has to be one of the best ways. I, I, I mean, I don't ever want to go. I just want to hang out forever. But, uh, you know, I, I know that I got in this conversation with somebody about that. Like, she had a massive heart attack. I'm like, well, it, it, just, you know, I want to explain exactly what it means, you know, and uh, explain to him, said, wow, I always thought it was like, you know, really painful. Said, so, no, it's just kind of like your heart quits beating. You slide, you die real, you know, within like minutes and you're not even aware of it. They're like, wow, that is the way to go. But yeah, unfortunately, she she died and passed away very unexpected. She was only like 54, I think. Or wow. 50, maybe, I'm sorry, maybe 56. But yeah, we'll be getting the travel arrangements and heading over this week and uh, we'll be leaving um, sometime Thursday morning, heading to Indiana. Uh, and, wow. uh, well, I think the only good thing is, you know, this is the last relative in Indiana, so, mm. you know, it, it's it's just strange. I would have never believed if you had told me um, when my brother passed away, I would have never believed that she would have been gone that quick. I just would have mm-hmm. never believed it because she's in pretty good shape health-wise and everything, so... You know, the one thing is, you know, you just don't know when it's your time to go. And I, I honestly believe when it's your time to go, you're going. It doesn't matter what happens. You're, you're you're out of here. I know a lot of people don't believe that. But I honestly believe when it's your time to go, you're going. So, but anyway, I'd I'd hear I'd was, yeah, I appreciate it, Jeff. You know, it's, it, it's, uh, it, it's sad um, that, you know, she's gone, um, you know uh physically here, you know, she's no longer, you know, has nothing but a body. So, you know, uh, the one thing is, uh, I just know Michaela, and that's what her name was, Michaela. Uh, I could imagine the first thing she would ask God, if, if she seen. she would be like, okay, in my sleep, really? With everything I've been through, this is how this is going down. That's just, cause she had a very funny sense of humor anyway, so, but, you know, so, yeah. So anyway, you know, we got this T-shirt contest going on, and, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and do the announcement who was the winner this week and um, the thread that uh, won this week. And, you know, I know some people uh, don't really uh, like the idea. In fact, I had someone email me and said it was stupid and wanted to know if I had uh, some kind of hidden agenda and somebody actually posted that, but I got an email about it, and I'm like, so I, I replied to them and said, I don't really understand. What kind of hidden agenda would I have to give away a T-shirt? And then they said about, well, maybe you, you're you trying to get more advertisement dollars. Maybe you're trying to get more, more people to spend more money being sponsors on your site. I'm like, well, honestly, the reason I'm doing it is because I'm trying to create a contest. We got the... Um, you know, of course we have the thing coming up in, what is that? June 28th, right? Is that the date? Um, I think we're going to be up at, uh, the racers, right now. Yeah, yeah. Even, even, even though this, sh- the t-shirt and the hoodie contest is going on for, you know, until like August into travel season, kind of the whole idea was kind of kick off this whole thing that we was going to, you know, do, uh have a tailgate party up there and give away some shirts and softballs and give away some stuff um, that people would actually come to the tailgate party before the Akron Racer game. And that was kind of, you know, my only agenda was to do that, uh, you know. And, and you know, if, if I had an agenda, it was, yes, I would like to see more discussion on the forum about softball-related stuff. And, I you know, I kind of get tired of the – I know a lot of people think it's entertaining, but, you know, I really get tired of uh, stale discussions or discussions that have been discussed a thousand times and there really hasn't been things that's changed on that certain topic or discussion. Now, somebody did mention that they felt that, you know, we just revamp old stuff all the time. There, And actually, a forum does kind of do that because a forum is kind of like a small community. And you can almost look at it as being a town that, you know, you're always going over the same things like new ideas, new uh, a new way to build a road or a new way to build a A community, a softball, like our community, similar to a small town. And, um, you know, a lot of things do come up. But there's also a lot of things that actually don't stay the same. And, you know, just talking about, say, like, I would use this example, um like showcases, you know, the way showcases are now being presented compared to how they were two years ago, three years ago. I I mean, it's a completely different game now. Um, I think even high school ball is a higher level game now than it's ever been just because of the fact that the depth of uh, programs are starting with these girls at a very young age, and I I believe high school ball is changing it. I believe the whole landscape of softball changes every year somewhat. And even though there may be some similarities we're used to seeing, that the overall projection of what you see or what you think you see in softball is changing. It's like a, revolves all the time. I mean, would you agree on that? or?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, the level of play definitely is going up. Obviously, that's a, you know, we're stereotyping here or just you know general rules. I, I know some people would would uh, maybe. I know uh, uh, Karen is, is online here, and I, we were talking a little bit about their school situation and you know different animal there. But but no doubt, uh, Gahana, Lady Lake, Lady Lions here. He's just talking about they're following their high school team. He doesn't. The girls aren't even in high school yet. They're um, they've got four looks like D one commits. On their in their programming at and added, gosh we went, you know, uh, you know, I th- I think my, the school where my daughter went to I think we've only ever had one girl that played D one softball <laughs> so um, it, 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 definitely the level of play has gone up and and uh, you know within within Ohio and the region you know probably across the country as far as that goes
1: yeah and so that so you know. If there was any hidden agenda that I had, it would be that would be, I guess, and it's not hidden because basically, you know, you know, I actually was going to reply to that whole nonsense on that thread, but you know, sometimes I find I'm just better off not to say anything because really, the only thing I can say is going to upset somebody or tease somebody off or believe I got a hidden agenda. A hidden agenda, but I mean, yeah, I like seeing a fresh topic and. And, I I mean, you know, even though I'm no longer a coach, I I enjoy reading a lot of stuff and information myself um, because, like I said, you know, it's a revolving game. So um, I I just think that, uh, you know, myself personally, that would be, like, one of the biggest reasons. I, I think anything that we do to increase awareness of the form we increase participation and in membership. So, with anyway, with that said, now of course the debate is: is it really an article? It's not so many words. Blah blah blah. Well, here's the point: you can put you can put one question up. That's all it had to be a question. If that question generates views and discussion, then it can actually qualify to be a thread of the week. It, I don't know, maybe I misrepresented how this thing works. I don't know. I I I thought I kind of basically covered a lot of that stuff in the beginning to explain how the rules are, but if you basically start a thread, even if you just ask a question, even though I do believe you should phase the question with some kind of input, but mm-hmm. even if you just phase a question and it and if it has a lot of comments and good comments and and discussion, it can qualify to win thread of the week. So, um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do do you think? I mean, you look. I know. You know, it's no secret, and you know, I'm I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, I actually ask you sometimes to help me just read stuff and go over and and, and even mm-hmm. though you know, I you know, and go over everything with me to make sure. Hey, am I missing something, or should I try something different? Because you know, I have a lot of people that do that with me all day. I mean they're they're paid to do that to make sure mm-hmm. that I don't fail. That's their job is to make sure that I don't fail. And, you know, of course you don't get any money from me, but I, I, mm-hmm. I know that you always you're always you you're you always have the the best concern yeah, involved I mean, for you know, everything.
0: I think you were looking ideally for a little more structure, you know, in these articles and and things like that, but I but I but I think the point's well taken that you know whether it's a you know we don't have a ton of probably professional writers or anything on here, and then we're not really expecting that. Uh, but if somebody writes a good thread and generates a lot of discussion, then I think it's I think it's great that you're offering out a uh, you know some kind of a gift. So um, I think that's that's cool, and I think it'll I think it'll pick up over time.
1: Oh no, you know, and in, in my point even was. You know, it didn't pick up. You know, it was still something that, you know, I I, I kind of wanted to do. I mean, of course, you know, um, but with all that said and everything else, let's go ahead and go with the uh, uh, this week's winner, okay? And just so everybody understands how this works. It's from Tuesday 5 p.m. until the following Tuesday at 5 p.m. Okay, anything within that week can win that week. Now. You you could actually win the monthly without ever, and that's why I did the monthly part. You could actually win the monthly without ever winning a week, right? You understand what I mean, Jeff. You, As long as you create more, more discussion and views and content than other threads did, you know, it's kind of hard. You wouldn't believe someone could do that and have the best monthly thread, but it's quite possible that, you know, the monthly winner could be someone that didn't even get into the weekly because, you know, let's just say, for instance, if you posted on a Sunday or you posted on a Monday and there was already somebody who was like fifteen or 1,800 views and 30 replies, but that doesn't mean you still couldn't win the monthly. You you understand my point there, and I did want to get that across. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, this week's winner um happens to be, and it was actually one that was posted not on the 29th, it was actually posted a couple of days later, and it ended up beating out one that was posted earlier, and it's school ball or no, and Robert uh, mm-hmm. Fury put it up, and basically um, his question and here on the forum was, settling down, this is not that thread. I'm not asking if school ball is good or bad. Of course, every time school ball gets brought up, it always seems to go that way. There's no doubt. And his question is, would you be better off not playing school ball if it meant you could use the extra time to study and raise your GPA by a few percentage points? So let's say you are a 3.5 grade point average, and with the extra time, you can be a 3.8. Is that enough of a bump to sacrifice school ball? I know college ball, don't recruit from high school per se, but would the lack of players be an issue? What is the real bottom line QPA numbers to be recruited if you're a decent, recruitable player? The question came up in a conversation, and I thought I would see what you guys saw. I I actually, as soon as I seen that posted, I kind of, you know how that works, school ball. Anytime you talk school ball this time of year, it's usually a, uh, usually a, a a topic that a lot of people will comment on and stuff. Jeff, now, you know, going back, and I'm sure you made a comment on there, um, oh, yeah. on that yeah. thread. Yeah. Now, do you still agree with the comment you made? Go ahead. What what was your comment on that thread, by the way? Do you remember what it was? or?
0: Um. Well, you know, it's, of course, it's all hypothetical because it's, you know, it's not as simple right. as just saying, Hey, if we don't play high school ball, we're going to bring the GPA up, you know, but I think it is a really, really good conversation. Um, and, you know, part of my point was, I mean, GPA is, is, is important. Um, you know, one of my points was if you, if the, if the trade-off was, you know, you can do a lot better in your ACT test. then I think you could, you could make a real strong argument for that. Um, you know, it's, but it's also hard to get into that discussion without, without getting into the discussion around, um, you know, is not playing high school ball. Is it a red flag? And, and there was some debate on there about that. And, you know, I know we've had Joe talk about that when he's been on the, on the show and, and, and we've heard from some other coaches as well. And, and it's definitely a, it's definitely a, a yellow flag. As I late, kind of later clarified, I think, I think you, if you don't play high school ball, you got to have a, a good story behind it. But you know, grades are are important. They're important if you're playing school ball. They're important. Uh, they're they're important. I'm sorry. They're important if you're going to play in college. They're important, obviously. You know, um, you know. Sometimes getting into the college you want to get into, getting scholarships, just you know, academic scholarships. So, um, it, you know, again, it, 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 it's, it's definitely. A provoking kind of a kind of a, of a question there you know I actually posted on this as late as uh, early this evening cause there was some discussion there about well does it matter you know what school you go to what high school you go to what if you go you know a lot of schools hand out A's like they're candy and other schools you know and, and plus they have all kinds of you know honors courses and you know you can have people graduate with a 4.8 GPA other schools you know the best you can get is as a as a 4.0. Does it make a difference what school you went to, how high that GPA is, um, you know, what courses you took? And, you know, part of my point there was, I don't think it does a lot for most schools. Now, if, you know, probably if you're trying to get into Harvard or Yale or something like that, they're, they're probably going to look at stuff like that a lot closer. Um, but, again, another point that I wanted to make was, hey, look, if you take if you challenge yourself in high school, if you go to a, a, you know, a good challenging program and take challenging classes, you know, that's going to pay off, you know, it, it's probably going to pay off in, in the better ACT scores. It's probably going to pay off. And, and just, you know, when you meet with a university or with a coach, you know, you're going to be more chances are you're going to be more polished. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's just a good thing for, for life. So, the last thing I'd want to see is somebody saying, Well, you know, I'm I'm just gonna take, you know, the underwater basket weaving class, you know, so I can get all A's and, and improve my chances to get the scholarship. I think that's extremely short sighted and probably pretty you know, pretty
1: risky. So oh, Right. Yeah, I I mean now kinda of talking about this right away because they're talking about a school ball or not now. I I'm gonna I kinda go give you a, a fine example why, you know, I, they're you know they're they're talking about of course the grades. Will that grade bump you up enough to make you more recruitable? I, I don't mm-hmm. believe that 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 much would make a difference. I really don't. Unless you were trying to get into a high I- academical school where academics right. are the most important thing. And even though they have, say, softball, football, or basketball, or other sports programs, that even though they do, their primary focus is putting out well-educated students at the, at the end of their uh, career at college, and not putting, you know, putting great ball fillers, ball players on the field. I, I think it would make a difference, but it, I don't think that number three point five, three point eight. To me would make that big a difference. But I could be wrong, Jeff. What do you think?
0: You know, I don't I don't think so. Um I don't think so. Um you know, it's a matter of degree. I mean it might make a difference if you go from a, a three two to a three eight or a or a two eight to a three four or something like that. I think that's, you know, a bigger difference and and more of a you know, I think you know, I hate to say, it, but I mean, I think if you're down below a 3.0 in high school, I think that could be, uh, you know, schools can start to worry about that. Uh, if at the same time, if somebody said in a threat, if you can hit 300 foot home runs, so there's going to be some school that's going to find a home for you. Um, but, uh, but again, <laughs> the ACT is really more important when it comes right down to it because schools recognize the fact that all the high schools are different and, and you know, it, it takes a different. Uh, you know amount of effort and and uh, and and even intelligence you know to get better you know better grades at better schools and so I think they they have no choice but to look at the ACT or the SAT and say you know that's a universal test Um, even though you can debate about how good that is uh, you know it it is everybody's taking the same test so you know, if you got somebody coming in that's got a, a 4.4 from a from one high school and somebody else that's got a, you know, a 3.7 but scores, you know, a 32
1: on the ACT
0: versus a 27, you know, that's that's going to count for a lot more.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, I I I think, and I'm just going to use the example, and this is going to probably be a poor case because, I mean, the kids like, you know, 4.0 student. So this is probably, you know, this is going to be, you know, anything she does, she's going to I mean, it's a no-brainer. Um, I, I'm trying to use this example on this whole high school thing. Now, even though she's only in the ninth grade, she participates and helps all the varsity sports programs that she wants to participate in. Uh, and whatever, you know, she goes to the open gyms. She does everything, right, to make sure the coaches know how serious she is. Even though chances are she won't get to play varsity, but, you know, she's being there. She's supporting the team. She's playing, you know, on the level where the coach thinks she should be at. But she's still doing all the extra stuff, right? And she's mm. this is a kid that's going to have no problems academically, or she can go anywhere she wants. So, if her choice was, you know, um, of course, like I said, this is we're talking about, you know, would it be better, not to play. And, and I actually believe no, I think there's a lot more things you can do besides just playing that are going to make you more attractive. If we're just talking playing a college ball. Getting scholarship money, being recruited, is there's a lot more things you can do besides, um, you know, just play on your team. Uh, you know, show your team a team leader. You're not afraid of hard work. Show you're willing to put in extra effort. I mean, to me, that's you know, and, and I, I just, I, to me, that's the like the intangible things that I think makes the difference between someone that can be great somebody it may not be. That's, to me, so, you know, that might be a poor exception to use, but, I, you know, I. anytime people talk about high school ball, I, I really don't I don't think, even though I know high school ball can be frustrating, like my daughter went through it. Um, she only had one chance to win everything because their pitcher was gone, and they absolutely had no pitching after that. So my daughter knows what it's like to struggle through high school and, you know, have a crappy record and suffer and struggle as a team, but she didn't give it up. So, but, you know, my my whole thing is that, you know, there's so many more things you can do uh, as an individual to give yourself an opportunity than, to, than that 3.5 to 3.8. I think all that stuff in between, if you could actually grade it on a scale, you know, Instead of being maybe a 2.5 on everything else, you might be a 4.0. I know that mm-hmm. might be kind of a crazy way to explain it, but, you know, I, I seen that exception tonight and was thinking about that kind of actually knowing that we were going to be talking about this topic, and then I just I realized that tonight. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I mean, here's a fine example of a student that even if she's a 3.5, all oh, the other stuff she's doing it so overwhelms anything she could ever do even if she got it to 3.8 but of course you know I, there's a lot of schools i don't even think you can get into some of the higher academic schools with 3.5 so well, that may you know. be
0: true but again i think still still the act and that is going to be more more important at those schools from just from my experience and again i i had my four kids that went to college they went to four different colleges and you know we probably visited twelve to fifteen colleges over that period of time so I got a little bit of a feel and it, some of it's a little bit dated now but uh um you know ACT is a c t scores are are king in terms of uh you know sorting out the uh the the, the people that are going to be able to handle it academically or not is it is it
1: necessarily
0: always the best indicator, no, but I think that's that's the best thing that the school's got to go on.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that that, that is the thing they do have to go on. So but anyway, so Cobb Fury, Cobb of Fury actually, um he will be getting um a win in a free T shirt and um a softball zone T shirt. So and um sure. so that's the winner this week and we'll be going into next week. So that's yeah, the funny Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, dude. I've been running my mouth on that
0: <laughs> I was gonna tell you a couple of the a couple of the people on the in the forum, uh, a couple of us uh and on the radio show actually uh, met up this week this last week and Ricky. We left you out of it, uh, uh the uh I had exchanged messages with uh with, with Karen and the uh the Michios and that and they they mentioned to me that they were gonna go watch uh uh, Joe and the Hillsdale team play at uh, Wash in Canton this past weekend. And I said, gosh, I didn't know they were going to be playing. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go too. So um, we, we froze our butts off on Saturday, but uh, we did get to see Joe's team uh, play. Uh, they actually split the doubleheader with Walsh. Uh, Joe's team won the first game. I believe it was 5-3. to three, And second game, they lost 2-1. to one. I believe that's what it was, something like that. So You um, were there. That, you yep. Yep, got the got the chance to talk to talk to Joe between games for a little bit and I know he had a couple of uh couple of uh high school you know, recruits or, or high school I should say I don't know if they were recruits or not, but there was a couple of high school players there that were watching. I know he was chatting with them a little bit as well. So uh got to got, I wish it would have been a little bit warmer, but uh but it was it was nice watching us the first softball I've actually been out for to watch so far this year. So yeah,
1: Definitely, well you yeah. know there's Definitely kind of it. a. I'm glad you guys had the opportunity. There's kind of like a uh, me and Joe kind of got this uh, ongoing thing. We don't believe we can ever meet because it could <laughs> offset the universe. So
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, we're just not sure. So you know, it's, it's probably a good thing. I mean. You know, I've been, play, it's funny, I've been places where Joe's been at and actually have walked by where he was at 10 minutes before and he wasn't there. So, and, um, so yeah, I've never met Joe and like I said, you know, maybe if it happens, you know, we won't have to worry about softball anymore. Universe will collide and everything's over with, so but, it, was a, you know. it
0: was a little weird. It was a little weird for me because I was actually, you know, I was there to see yeah. Joe, and of course, uh, Joe's team. Joe uses my, my wristband system, so I sat kind of on the on the Hillsdale side of the bleachers, and I was
1: actually rooting for the, the Michigan team instead of the Ohio team, though. but
0: well, not too vocally, but. Uh, they better, kind of I think weird. I
1: thought Walsh used your system too, don't they?
0: Uh, no. Um, oh. Okay. Chiffin that's in Joe's conference, they, they use it.
1: But. Yeah, well, you know, I actually kind of, I'd be honest, I, I would really like to get a chance to go to one of Joe's games, you know, just to watch him coaching. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I would love to get a chance at that. But, you know, sometimes, you know, it's just like no matter what you do, you can just never make it happen or work. Or then even when you try to put through an effort to, to have <laughs> okay i'm sorry i just had to laugh about that uh okie dad said i was adopted so uh anyway <laughs> but uh yeah you know it'd be nice to run into him and meet him sometime and uh it is funny because you know it's funny how many people i run into and and uh they'll say like hey we ran into joe Abrams. I like that's cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, maybe we can get him. Maybe we can, we have to hit him up here see if we can get him to come to the state softball thing look at the racers. I mean, I know he spends. I think most well when he's not going to tournaments, uh, he spends most of his summers. I think in Columbus, so probably wouldn't be that far for him. So maybe we can, we can, uh, we can get him up there. Maybe we can let him do a little little color color broadcasting there, Ricky. He might take your job. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, I'd be, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it would be nice. But
0: uh, so anyway,
1: so pretty interesting, you know, just off topic here real quick. I know you have this contest tonight. I don't know if we can get anybody to call the show um, tonight, of course. Anyone that's listening live, uh, you know, if you want to call in, we have a contest, of course, uh, some questions and uh, the number yeah, you can call. The,
0: yeah, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank segment, so
1: yeah, yeah, let's
0: got I read the questions uh, you know, if anybody wants to call in, we'd sure love to have you call in, but I guess uh if they don't i we'll take the answers in the chat room too but uh so here are the four <laughs> questions that i or fill in the blanks, I should say that I posed, so uh the first one is if our team had to play in only one sanctioning body group this year, it would be blank. Second one is the one person I like to see the radio show have as a guest sometime this year would be blank. Three was, and actually it was kind of interesting because this was a, I had this as a, listed this as a a fill in the blank. And then somebody actually started a post that was basically the the same thing. Uh, It said, if I could do it all over again, the one thing I would do differently is, uh, and if you may remember it again, there was a a post that, that was that very, that very one. And then the number four was the one fast pitch game I'll never forget was playing. So those were the,
1: yeah, we got the people online. If they, if you want, you can post in questions and see what they say. And then you can let me know. I'll kind of go through and tell you, I mean, me personally, number one, if, uh, and now of course I don't coach anymore. If our team had to play in only one sanction body group this year, who would it be? I would have to say ASA. Now, not saying that against any other organization. I just think I can get more bang for my buck at this time. ASA. That's just me personally. Uh, that that's what I would. Yeah, do. I
0: mean, and you know when I when I was coaching, the ASA was the way to go. Now, obviously, back then. Uh, uh pgf really didn't exist in, in the in the region at least um so that so that wasn't even an option uh people in the, in the chat room i got it looks like we got two asas an ns no, no an nsa that was a joke <laughs> and then a <laughs> uh a non we got a non-sanctioned answer so um the uh uh yeah, I mean, you know, ASA was definitely a s a a was the way to go back. Uh, you know, when I was in my coaching prime, you know, eight ten years ago.
1: Yeah, again, you know, PGF. but I'm actually, I'm actually looking at the question even today's environment. I think I can get my money to go farther for my team ASA than I can PGF. I That's from what I've been seeing pricing for tournaments and stuff like that, and Now, I'm not talking about, like, the exact quality of a team for an event because I think, you know, uh, when you call an event showcase, I'm not really calling it a tournament anymore. So I'm kind of eliminating showcases out of the picture here just to let you know Mm -hmm. when I say I would go ASA. I just believe in the long run it will be a lot cheaper route for my team to go even in 2016 to probably end up with the same results that I would get even if I was playing PGF. Now, I'll be honest, that SA having that World Series down in Florida looks really attractive, too, to me in a way. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of looks attractive. I, I definitely think the question is you can only choose one, so, you know, I have to go yep. to ASA. I mean, personally. What do you I what do?
0: I would say the same thing. I, I think I definitely have the impression, you know, I think a little bit of it depends on the kind of team I'm coaching and you're going to want to do what's best for that team. And, um, you know, if you've got enough of a budget and if, if it turns out that the PGF tournaments were the ones we're going to have, you know, you know, if you've got a higher level team and you're trying to get, you know, some college looks and they're going to have more coaches then you know, then I might go that route. But, but, you know, Personally, you know, I that probably would lead to to uh
1: uh lean to ASA. So um now then, the, yeah, now the next question was the one person I'd like to see on a radio show have as, a, as gu- a guest okay. The one person I'd like to see the radio show have as a guest sometime this year would be now I I know uh I I, I have you know, if it's only one person, I'm going to say Jenny Finch. If I only have one choice, is one person, is mm-hmm. Jenny Finch. That would be absolutely by far my number one choice. That doesn't mean there's a lot of other great people out there ahead of her, but I don't know if you've ever met her and talked to her, but she's very impressive, dude. So yeah. I, I think it would you have. Okay. So I would love to have her on the show. Now if I could change that to one person I could choose each month, then my list would become a little <laughs> bit wider. Like, you know. So but definitely Jenny Finch is okay. number one on my list.
0: I, I I would agree with you. I would love to see her okay come on. Um, you know, that might be a tough one. You know, a couple of ones suggestions in the chat room. One was Mike Andrea. Uh, Jenna Lilly, and Jenna might be a good one, her being from Ohio and everything. Um, we got a Sue Enquist who used to coach out at uh, out at UCLA. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to rule out Candrea. Um, I had posted, you know, in the forum here about one of the persons we're going to get on here eventually uh, is a lady by the name of uh, Jenny Dalton Hill, and I don't know. I, I posted a little bit of, about her bio there, and I'm not going to. I we'll go through it, and you know what she comes on. We'll talk more about it. But uh, Jenny played four years uh, for Candrea and won three national championships uh, with him, and actually actually uh, holds a lot of uh, NCAA Division One records. Um, right. Uh, she she also was an announcer for for um, ESPN SEC Network. Uh, she coaches high school and travel ball. Um, I've seen, I've seen, uh, well, you do realize, doing
1: hitting lessons, so. I'm you didn't realize the reason that the reason I never mentioned Jenny. Okay. Is because of the fact that we're hoping to get her on anyway. Right. Yeah. So I, did, so, that's why but, I but, never but
0: mentioned. My point, her. Is, right. but my point is, I mean, she, she, you know, and she uh, played for Candrea and, and knows him well. And, and I've seen actually some comments that he's written about her and that. And he, He thought very highly of, uh, um, you know, uh, her as well. So, you know, maybe, maybe through Jenny, we'd be able to get him to do that. So, um, you know, I think if we got a connection somehow, that's, that'll, that'll help. You know, I'm hoping there's some of the other, you know, I would think maybe some of the people that we know that are involved in the sports, you know, people like, like a Warren, I mean, I mean, he certainly knows a lot of college coaches and probably could uh, help us get somebody on. So, um,
1: yeah, I I agree with you. I think that would be interesting to be able to make something like that happen because of the fact that you take, even like, you know, Blank Lee, he knows a lot of college coaches too. Sherman. You have a lot of coaches. Rick Sherman knows a lot of college coaches uh, and travels all over the country all the time. And supportive players that he sent to school. So, you know, I think Rick Sherman would be a really interesting person to have on the show sometime because you know he has a wealth of knowledge that's thirty something years plus. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it would be. I think he would be pretty interesting to get on the show to talk about the the different levels that college and you know, all the variables that's in the way and and how they'll knock them down. I think it'd be interesting, you know. But the thing is about guests or getting people on the show, and I'm going to say this, and it's pretty obvious that most people should understand this. If people that listen to the show and like the show tell other people about the show and then we get more listeners, it's a lot easier to get them type of people on the show. You know, yeah, I mean, it would
0: be more en- it'd be embarrassing to get you know like Andrea or Jenny Finch on, and then have uh, you know four or five people listening in. So, um, you know, we don't necessarily tell them the, uh, the the chat room so they can see how many people are there. But um, you know, of course, you know, I think if we advertise something like that, if we know they're coming and we advertise it, I I have no doubt we'll get
1: you know more people in that. But
0: uh, um, yeah, well, hopefully we'll have I enough really- listeners. To- I really
1: think I really think Jeff what once you see what we're creating I think you're going to kind of understand which you, I think you already understand what direction I'm going is that we actually have something that's more live and where you know you don't have to like you can have it on your phone all the time you you know pop up a message saying the show's getting ready to begin or someone posted about a score at a tournament that they played in and, you know, it's going to be more, you know, it's similar to just, it's not going to be like Facebook, but there's going to be some similarities because all social networks are kind of similar. But, uh, you know, that's one of the reasons I think once we can get some changes made, we'll start to really do better on picking up our audience, too, since it has mm-hmm. an alert system and everything. So, but anyway, yeah, I, there's so many great people that's been involved in softball over the years I think would be cool to to interview. I mean. You know, I I know when I first started in radio shows I interviewed myself. And it was comical cool as crap because you know, how do you actually interview yourself on the show? And I actually talked my sister into uh, you know, participating in the interview because I wanted to have an interview actually done just to see what it was like before uh we had uh I think it might have actually been Joe or Katie uh um, Katie James, So, But okay, so now let's move on to number three. If I could do it all over again, the one thing I, I'd i do differently is, Jeff, this time I'm going to let you go. What would be, I'm gonna, I actually know what I'm going to say, but I will go ahead and let you go. first. Well,
0: and actually, and again, as I mentioned before, this was a thread that, uh, I had. I actually posted it first, but then some of you started the thread with the same topic, and, and I did post on that, and I mentioned that, you know, my daughter played slow pitch through the age of 12. And and this was a tough one for me because she, she really had some wonderful experiences uh, playing and, and, and learned some things playing slow pitch through the age of 12. But, you know, we got started on fast pitch, you know, late, obviously. She didn't start until she was 13. Um, and we really didn't didn't get in tune with, uh, with you know, the whole fast pitch world out there. I mean, we played at a you know pretty low level local type teams the first two years, so it really wasn't until she was fifteen that you know that we uh you know became aware of and started getting involved in you know some higher level ball or or even considering that, so you know I think starting earlier would have been the uh the thing for us,
1: yeah me personally i I think the one thing I would have changed is. I most likely wouldn't have had the travel team players, now I know this is going to be a little controversy here, play on the summer high school teams. That would have been probably the one thing I would do differently, talking about as a coach, not so much my daughter as a coach, because I actually ended up, the girls that played on the travel team, played on high school teams in a summer league, and I probably would have spent more time developing the girls and stuff doing that because I think we would have been a lot farther ahead. Of course, you know, back when I was coaching A.S. Gold, you know, it was the way to go, right? That was the only ball game to really play. And I think we could have been there a little bit earlier and be competitive than being there a little bit later, like when the girls just were getting 18. I think we would have been a lot more solid team at 18 when we first started than wait until our second year where we really become the team that could could contend on a weekend. So Mm -hmm. that would have been probably the thing as a coach I wouldn't have done and spent more time working in the cage and batting and stuff like that. Uh, Of course, now, you know, it's a lot different because, you know, a lot of girls, uh, you know, have their own hitting instructors and pitching instructors. Uh, Back when I was coaching, man, the coaches did it all. I mean, we had a few coaching instructors – you know, but they would go what, once a month? Maybe that's about it. It was up to the girls to work on their own, work on their – you know, pit. I, I don't know, you, you know, your daughter pitched, what kind of regiment, you know, and I know this is a little bit off topic on the, on the off of this um, fill in the blanks, but how many pitches did your daughter average a week practicing?
0: Oh, a, a ton. Was it a thousand, um, you think? Uh, probably not a thousand, but somewhere between five, over 500 a week, I would say. Um, you know, certain times a year she threw more than others, but I mean, we were, you know, even when she was not in season, I mean, we were out three or four times a week. And when she threw, I mean, she, she threw a hundred to 200 pitches. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was it was a ton, and then when we get done, then we she'd hit into the net, and and then I'd uh, I'd throw her fly balls. You know, she worked on her on her outfielding, which which I still, you know, it, that paid off for her because again she went to a D three school, and when she wasn't pitching, she 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 played the outfield. So, you know, she got to play every game her last three years of college because
1: because yeah. of that. So
0: she, yeah, she we worked, numbers, she worked she worked hard.
1: Yeah, I know my number one pitcher that it went on and played at Division one school and become their pitcher and actually got in the starting rotation after the she actually became a starter. She was a reliever uh you know she basically came in and saved a lot of games and got him out of trouble and uh but she becomes the coach realized the same thing I knew for a long time that. The more pitchers she threw, the better she was. And that was not a surprise. She threw in the the 1,000 to 1,200 range a week at practice. That's what she did. Now, she never had no former instructors ever touch her or ever assist her in developing her pitching. It was all by hard work, determination, and uh, she was an outstanding pitcher. I mean, I... Actually, the next question you got coming up is actually going to – well, I'll have a comment about her in that because that next uh, fill-in-the-blank question actually involves the game that she pitched. So. <laughs> yeah. So, But, yeah, I just was kind of curious about the pitches. I know my – I had a number – I had a couple number ones. So my other number one didn't work nearly as hard as she did, but she didn't throw near because we had clocked her many times in the 68 – 69 range pretty consistently uh, on her fast pitch uh, didn't matter where the location was on her fast pitch but that was her her range was you know anywhere between 63 and up to 69 so she had she just had killer speed so you know I I thought it was always because how hard she worked and how much she worked that, that you know she she said after a while that once she was on the mound, because I asked her one time, I said, you know, just as you get deeper, you just get more solid, and, you know, your pitching locations are right on where you're looking to go. And, you know, if you're going to a change-up or an off-speed pitch, I mean, you don't, it just looks like you're just in it all the time. And she said, you know, once she hit about 80 pitches, it it just was natural to her. It didn't feel, it just was all natural. Once you hit eighty pitches, so in a game, so and, and believe me, it was funny because warming up, I said, "Well, if I could get her to eighty pitches warming up, it didn't work that way." Ain't it funny how that stuff do would never work out?
0: <laughs>
1: so anyway, so, so what did some of the people bring up on the um, the chat board on that question? Um,
0: actually, uh, you know, on the chat board, I, I don't think anybody did bring up anything. But again, there is a whole thread on that. And quite a few people did offer their opinions on that, and, added, and uh, you know, probably can get it from there.
1: Yeah, I did. I think I don't know just, should that be considered cheating? <laughs> they actually <laughs> they actually went in and check your uh, uh, went in because I actually had quite a bit of uh, discussion on that thread. So yeah, it
0: did yeah. It you know, they, you know, they might not even have seen mine,
1: but I, I just thought it was. I thought it was like, whoa, that was.
0: That's a good topic,
1: <laughs> Right. So, of course, the um, last question here, and, you know, we got about nine minutes yet to go on this week's show here. The last question is, the one fast pitch game I never forgot was? Now, I think people certainly tell the story about the time that um, our team played a 17-inning game uh, at Whitehall, and uh, it was Janelle Miller on the mound. And – uh, I tried to take her off the mound three or four different times and because, you know, once she pitched the whole game, and but she was actually getting stronger as we went. And, you know, I said, are you absolutely sure now as a coach, you know, I probably should have just jerked her down and said, hey, you know, when we hit 10 innings, you're done, right? But the thing was, mm-hmm. she – one of the things I did in that game as a coach is I – I relied more on my defense than her carrying us through the game because she was so, you know, after we I think it was like when we hit 10 innings and we we were in her national tiebreaker for a long time like 10 innings. So, you know, we started working more on keeping the ball down low uh, and hoping that the other team girls were getting exhausted and tired and you know that if they did hit it it wouldn't have a lot of bang on it and we could field most of the balls. And they, well, believe it or not, the coach on our team did the same thing I did. And he was more worried about keeping the ball down lower so the girls couldn't hit it. But that, to me, that game we played, 17 innings, and we won it. When the girls won it, uh, even the team that lost, they all act like they just won or lost the World Series. I mean, they were, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's the longest game that I was ever involved in, too, in my whole coaching career. And, um, you know, I've never – I've typed in a couple times just to see what was the longest game anyone's ever played. And I noticed some people that said they played, like, 19 innings and stuff like that. But we started the game at 9 o'clock, I think it was, and we walked off the field at 1 in the morning. So – and we won.
0: One of my – Favorite stories, and you know, I apologize, people that have heard this before. But uh, when my daughter was uh, was playing at college at Bone Wallace, um, after her sophomore year, she had um, I'm trying to remember. She had 31 victories, and the, the school record for victories was uh, was 40. Um, and so, one of her goals became during that sophomore year to to, to become the all-time career wins record at her, at her school. And um, her junior year, she started a little bit. She had a little bit of an injury. And then, they, you know, the fact of the matter is they brought in two new pitchers that year that were really good. And so she was kind of splitting time three ways. And if anything, she was kind of the uh, the, the number three pitcher there. She was still getting some time, but, but you know, she only started maybe 10 games that year out of the 40 that they played. Um, and they had a really good team. They actually went made it. They won their – conference championship and they went to the, uh, the NCAA, uh, regional tournament, but, um, she got down to her senior year and she needed, uh, she needed three more wins to tie the record and four to break it. And we had a game, uh, in, uh, in Pittsburgh at a small school there called uh Chatham university that was actually really close to where my son was living at the time. And, um, she had tied the record and, and, uh, had a chance to break it that day. And the first thing that happened is, um, you know, my 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 wife and everything were getting close to. I was actually working that day, and I get a phone call at work about 11 o'clock she, from my daughter. and Says, "Hey, Dad, uh, uh, there are, you know, do I still have any of my old, uh, you know, softball cleats, the, the the rubber cleats, you know, around anymore?" It's like, no, gosh, I don't think so. I think we got rid of all those. They were, you know, they were all worn through. She was a pitcher, so she wear holes in the, holes in them anyhow. And she says, "Well, we're playing at an artificial turf field today, and I forgot—I forgot all about it. But I can't play with in my steel cleats. So, if I'm going to play, I got to have—you know—I you know, got to have rubber cleats in there." And I said, "You know what? You know, we're going to the game anyhow. Don't worry about it. I'll—I'll I'll run to Dick's. I'll, I'll buy you a cheap pair to at least slash you through the day, and—and and, you know, we'll meet you there." And so I left to work a little earlier than I expected. Went to Dick's. You know, got a pair of cleats. Picked up the wife. Headed to Pittsburgh, I actually pulled into Pittsburgh at the same time that they were getting off the bus, and handed her the cleats, and uh, she pitched the second game of the doubleheader, and uh, they got they got behind uh, two to one. It was a it was a day a lot like today, a very cold day about this time of year. Um, the, The field was situated; it was kind of on the top of a hill there in Pittsburgh, and you could not see. Um, you could not really see for, if you were down the, the baseline, which is where I normally sat. So we actually sat behind the outfield fence, and we were actually standing behind the outfield fence because it was too cold to sit, and, sit in chairs. We had our chairs out there, though. We were sitting there. You know, we were standing around talking. My son came over, and he was able to walk, get to the second game, and uh, uh, and everything. So she's pitching. They got behind two to one. Now my daughter, you know, again, she did get to. She was always in their hitting lineup. She usually batted fifth or sixth for them. Um, was not a power hitter um, going into her. I think she had one home run her sophomore year and one home run her junior year. And uh, uh, she came up to bat in, like, I believe it was either the fourth or the fifth inning with a, run on, a runner on, and they were down two to one. And she hits a drive to left field, and it's headed right towards us. And uh, we were standing behind the chairs, and the, and, the, and the ball actually landed in her mom's chair, uh, and that put her team up three to two, and uh, she held on to win the game, and that uh, that uh, broke the uh, uh, they gave her the career wins record. It also, by coincidence, was the hundredth hit of her college career, and uh, it was a pretty pretty emotional day, pretty pretty excited, you know, then that was a goal of hers and. And, uh, I just, again, I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget that day, you know, and again, I apologize to anybody that's heard that story before, but it was pretty, uh, uh, a pretty special day.
1: Yeah. You know, Jeff, I don't remember you ever telling that story. I was actually, no, uh, no I, I remember a couple of stories you've told, but I don't remember that one. No, that's a, that's a new one to me. I don't remember. Wow. That, no. That's, you know, I was like. Wait a minute. You said you told I know a lot of times Joe, when he's on air, he'll say, I know we've talked about this before, right? So when you said that, you know, you want to apologize, I don't ever remember hearing, ever hearing the show, uh, hearing that discussion on the show at all. So, But anyway, well, you know, the yeah. one nice thing is we're, we're getting good at burning up time. I mean, you know, <laughs> we, only, we only got one minute left to go. And uh, you know, actually, you know, I'm actually cracking up. I'm watching Guest Seven and some of this stuff he's saying. and I, I almost can't point, can't stop laughing at some of this stuff he's coming up with. I mean, he might actually be somebody who'd be good to come on the show and discuss some views or make the show more exciting with some manics or whatever he can bring. Right? So <laughs> I just. <laughs> I'm sorry, sometimes you know, if you watch the chat board to see the comments it is kinda of comical. So
0: Yeah. We definitely missed something. and we appreciate the people listening to the podcast after the fact. And somebody did ask earlier, Ricky, as to whether you can you can track the number of listens in the podcast and you've told me that, that you do you do track that, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I, I do track that. Um, you know, it's it's similar and kinda of typical to what the the forum is like, if the forum's is really busy, it seems like our listenership's up, but the forum is a little slow um, during different times of the year, our listenership is down. And, of course, that's one of the reasons we don't have a show between, like, you know, October through February because the listenership is really down during that period of time because there really ain't a lot going on softball-wise except for indoor stuff around this part of the country. So... Um, but, you know, yeah, we do track it and keep track and, uh, and so far still even to this day, the show that was the most listened to was two shows that were about controversy subjects. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, the, the numbers change by the way, cause more and more people listen to different shows or they go back to listen to different shows, but you know, right now we're anywhere between, you know, 78 to maybe 102 uh, weekly listeners of our podcast, which, you know, yeah, them numbers might not be great, but, you know, to some people, but I, I still see, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, they're listening to the podcast. So to me, you know, if we only have seven or eight listeners on board that come on and talk on the chat board during the show and and join us, right? Um, you know, uh, we still have a good amount of listeners listening. Of course, yeah, you, know, you would like to have a lot more listeners on the show. You're a lot more people listening during the show. A lot more people um, participating in the show while we're live. And you would like to have a lot more people listen to the podcast. But since I'm not, it's not about trying to make money for me. It's more about, you know, putting a show out there. And I uh, have trying to have it on a regular basis. Uh, that that's what I'm trying to do. If I was trying to make money, I would completely do something different. I wouldn't even do a softball show. I would do a, com- a comical show. That's. I mean, honestly, if I was gonna, if it was about making money, I would do something completely different. Because you know, I once was involved with a on-air comical show, and we had lots of listeners from all over. And uh, uh, you know, I think our highest number ever was. That we had over five thousand something podcasts that in it, wow. it was you know from a show in a month and we had almost uh, seven hundred eighty listeners and we had listeners from Japan, Korea, but you know the thing is that's not really what I was interested in doing. I'm more interested in promoting softball. That's something I have a passion for. So, you know, but anyway. Um, you know, we're pretty much wrapping this one up this week, Jeff, and I appreciate you coming on board and uh, for this week's show. And uh, look forward again at hitting it uh, next week. And I know one thing I did notice this week that we actually have more people in the chat room than we've had, I would say, here regularly. Would you agree? or I know it's not a lot uh, right the, now, but.
0: Over the last several weeks, yeah. If, I know about five, six weeks ago, we had a, a show there where there was about, I want to say there was twenty twenty five or so, but, uh, um, yeah, it's been a little bit dead recently. And I know part of it is, I know part of the thing is it's changing the nine o'clock to see if that time, fit some, um, some people better. So, um, we'll see.
1: All no, right, man. Well, Hey, you know, let's pack our bags and get off the field, you know, I appreciate all the listeners tonight. And, uh, if you want to make any comments or any of you people who listen to the podcast want to make a comment, get on the forum and say something. And um, and we're getting ready to pack it up. Let's get out of here, Jeff. And uh, everybody have a great week. And until next week, we'll see you next Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Good night.
0: Good night.